Welcome to Unspoken Conversations with Candace, where we talk openly about taboo topics in order to spark difficult and uncomfortable conversations, where we allow a safe place for anyone who has had trauma to be heard. Unspoken Conversations with Candace is about speaking your truth by using your voice because you matter. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Unspoken Conversations with Candace. It is a beautiful Saturday in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm here in my home studio, and I'm so honored, and I'm humbled, and I'm just so gracious with my next guest here. My next guest is an amazing human, amazing man, amazing father. I went to high school with this individual, with this person, and I'm going to introduce you shortly. But his name is John, and John is just an amazing human, like I said, and and we've gone golfing. So he's got tea time at one o'clock, so we're going to make sure we kick off this podcast, (laughs) we stay on track and topic, and uh, I'm going to introduce John to all the listeners here today. So John is a proud father of a beautiful 23-year-old daughter, woman, Bailey. And even though he is not her biological father, he has raised her as his own. And I just, I love that, John. He's a hard worker, enjoys his current job, and plans on retiring from there. He has graduated and earned degrees from Gateway Technical College and the University of Wisconsin Parkside. And I love both of those colleges, only because I have family and friends that work at Gateway and then University of Wisconsin Parkside. My sorority is founded from that university, so that's amazing. In July, John will reach a huge milestone, which is going to be celebrated. He will celebrate eight years of sobriety. He enjoys the game of golf and sports in general. He also loves learning, vacationing, and attending music concerts. For the past two years, he has been in a relationship with his amazing girlfriend. He loves spending time with her as he feels they have the perfect blend of similar qualities with different perspectives and ideas. John enjoys the feeling that life in our world is ever-evolving and we should adapt and try to better ourselves daily. Well, welcome to the show, John. I'm so glad that you're here today. Thank you, Candace. Awesome. So now that I've introduced you to our listeners and, you know, I'm going to kind of take us back a little bit. You and I have been friends since we entered high school, which was in 1985, 84, is it 84? 85. 85, 84. Okay. 85. And then we graduated in 1989 from St. Cats. Go St. Cats. Go Angels. And John and I hung out in high school and I never knew his story. He never knew my story. When you're in high school, you don't talk about your stories, right? You're not taught or conditioned to say, you know, have you had trauma? I'm going through trauma myself. It was just not (laughs) customary, right? You're hanging out. You're having a good time. In high school, you're enjoying your friends. You're enjoying the moment. So it was interesting. As adults, my story came out. John was very supportive. We were actually golfing, hanging out on the golf course. And John, thank you for giving me the kudos to say, hey, I'm proud of you for writing your book. Hey, you know, and then... I didn't ask you about your story. And then you reached out to me, and this is what touched my heart, is you said, Candace, I love to be a guest on your podcast. I love what you're doing. I love the work that you're doing. And I have a story. And then I'm like, oh, my God, what's your story? And so I am so honored for you to be here to talk about your story. So now I'm going to give you the microphone. I want you to go ahead and share your story with what you experienced as a young child And I classify it as it was trauma, and it was something that you've overcame. Because when I look at you today, I would have never known. And that's the thing. We walk around this earth, we enter each other's lives, and you don't really know what went on. 
unless you have this deep heartfelt conversation, which I'm so glad we're about to embark on. So thank you again for being here. And I'm so excited for you to share your story. Yeah, I'm excited too. As you said, you know, in high school, a lot of times you don't have uh, meaningful, you know, conversations of, of past. Uh, uh, you have future conversations, um, sometimes present, but uh, past and, and especially, you know, taboo subjects like trauma and, and abuse mm-hmm. and, and things of that nature just aren't typical conversation that you have with friends, even good friends. So part of my growing up had a lot of guilt and a lot of uncomfortableness with just in my own skin on a lot of issues. Um, first and foremost was at the age of six, I lost my mom, my sister in a house fire. And so from that, I carried a lot of resentment towards my father because him and I never had a conversation ever. About, um, about the fire. About the fire, about how I was to deal with feelings I might have or therapy or, or anything. Just a, you know, a sounding board to, mm-hmm. you know, bounce things off of or, or, you know, my father and I weren't very close. My father is an alcoholic mm-hmm. and he's been recovered for 35 years. Kudos to your dad. Yeah. Awesome. He used to go to uh, AA meetings. He no longer goes. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't get around real, real well. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, at this uh, stage in the game, but him and I have built a, a really good relationship now. Mm-hmm. When did that, like, so just real quick question. So when you say now, like, was it more after you became an adult on your own that you kind of, it, or it, was it just over time? It's all a blessing of AA okay. and sobriety. Okay. So it, that's, that's the only, that's, okay. it's the only reason why this happened. Okay. It's the only reason why I've, I've come through this, mm-hmm. um, okay. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, uh, enjoy talking about this. Right. My journey in sobriety uh, started out, my, my uncle, he's an amazing, amazing person. He was like my older brother. Mm-hmm. So when my mom and my sister passed away, I lived with my grandparents for a little while. And when I did that, my uncle was like my older brother. Mm-hmm. And he was the youngest of his family. So he took a lot of opportunity to pick on me. So we we became really close. Mm-hmm. In fact, so much so that like when I'd go out, I'd meet up with him and we'd party together. And so when he got sober and he didn't like to work, he didn't uh, he didn't like to do anything he was supposed to do. <laughs> uh, he liked to, he liked to, he was one of those people that didn't mind being in jail because he, he got fed mm-hmm. and didn't really have to do anything for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I love my uncle. And when he got sober, he obviously noticed that I was uncomfortable. And part of when you were asking me, you know, to list, list the bio and, and it's hard because when was the moment that you wanted to get help mm-hmm. was one of your questions. And there were fleeting moments all through my life that I was grasping for something. I wanted to get help and then it would, things would straighten out for a little while. I, I, I've actually got you know, three degrees. So I'd go back to school and accomplish something and start over again. And I used drugs and alcohol as, as a buffer to relieve pain and to kind of numb myself. So my uncle asking me for just come and check out a, an AA meeting was the biggest blessing in my life because mm-hmm. once I did that, I realized I talked with my father and, and, and he had done the same thing. And I realized that 
we had some commonality for once in our lives, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so I made him go to the gravesite with me. Mm-hmm. And it was tough. Right. It was tough for both of us. And I don't think he goes very often, if ever. And uh, we went there and I made him sit and talk with me about some uncomfortable issues, uh, one of which, you know, that I was hiding and suppressing is um, me being the one that started the fire. Mm-hmm. And I never really, let's just say I wasn't 100% sure that I did, mm-hmm. but I was pretty confident that that was, uh, that was what happened. Mm-hmm. And then I brought it up to him and he said, well, yeah, but you were five. Nobody holds you accountable for that. Mm-hmm. And all my life, I was keeping that a secret. And it just ate away, ate away at me. That and there's so many things rolled into that, you know, like not having a mom and and a sister. And I've always joked about my sister, you know, she could have been the first woman president, mm-hmm. you know, like I had all these scenarios that I worked up in my head mm-hmm. of what they could have been and what I took away. Yeah. You know? And that's, I mean, so let's, we'll take a pause there because that's a lot, right, to take in and I remember when we were just exchanging emails, planning for the podcast, and you told me that I had like, I was just like, John, I'm so sorry that that happened. John, I didn't even realize that this was your story. I didn't even know you lost your mom. And you were in high school, again, like you said, dealing with these, we're thinking about our future, not about current state or what happened in the last, what, 10 years, 12 years of our lives when you're in high school. And that's a lot to carry. I mean, the burden, you know, you probably carried shame or guilt or blame and also commend your dad, even though... I think there was a lot of opportunity and maybe your dad wasn't equipped either because I feel even our generation, right, our parents, a lot of times just under the rug, we're not going to talk about it and just act like it didn't happen. And that doesn't really didn't suit you because had that maybe been addressed when you were five, healing for you could have been all throughout your life, right? And then you talked about drinking and partying to suppress the pain. So that's part of the healing process is that I, I realized I had this built up resentment towards my dad for not sharing and not asking me and not talking to me about it. Mm -hmm. But the beauty of the AA experience for me was that I got to see it from his perspective. And what a jerk I was for looking at it that, from mindset, that he lost the one love of his life and he lost his daughter. And he doesn't want to talk about it. It's uncomfortable. And to look at that from his perspective of how much he had to deal with is a perspective that I, I never did, you know, right. and that's, and, and AA gave me that perspective by the healing tools that AA provides you with. If you delve deeply into it is there's 12 steps in the program. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the biggest steps is to make amends. And this is the hard part because you know, in the stories of people who are in, in the program, it's not always that they make amends for something they did. It's for something that affected them. Mm-hmm. So I made amends to my dad for the resentments that I had towards him that he never knew about, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So he's like, well, why are you coming at me for this? And I said, well, that's part of my amends process. Right, right. You know, and that's how we got to the point where we went to the gravesite. We talked, and it was it was very uncomfortable. But him and I have a lot of commonality now, and we, we share a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, 
you know, arguing, bickering, or just uncomfortable silence, which, you know, a lot of times it was. Right. And I, I like the fact that you kind of um, took me a little bit back on the whole perspective. It's when you can understand someone else's perspective where true healing begins, where, you know, when you talk about amends, it's kind of, I feel in my equation of my story, forgiveness, right? You'll yep. never forget, but you can forgive and exactly. move, move on because there's more power in it for you. At least for me, that was my story. So that's how I kind of can relate. And my mom is a grandma and a parent, my, you know, she's my mom. And when I became a mom, I became a parent, but it wasn't until I became a grandparent that again, you realize like, man, I probably didn't be, I wasn't a parent in this fashion or I didn't parent this way. So I totally agree with you. It's all about perspective. It's not until you're seeing another perspective or walking in that perspective that you can truly understand. And you probably true, like being a father with Bailey and raising her and then having that father perspective. Right. So it's like, again, I think it all comes back full circle. With yeah. that perspective. Definitely, definitely. And with Bailey, I was with her mom and things weren't things weren't great because a lot of what I had going on in my life was not good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a couple of things that I used as badges of honor. You know, I, I didn't miss work. I never been fired from a job. You know, I've I've got a lot of schooling behind me. Mm-hmm. You know, while I'm not outwardly killing it and you know in society i'm i'm also not drawing any any uh awareness or any people looking at me like you need to get help mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. which in hindsight is why it rolled on for so long mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but you know when bailey came into my life i truly from that moment and it's one of the few moments in my life where i can i can say that you know, a switch went on mm-hmm. in my life mm-hmm. and that I realized, you know what, this is not only the right thing to do, but this is what, you know, I need to keep me grounded. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, um, up until 18, she didn't know that I was not her biological father, mm-hmm. you know. And, so you had that conversation with her after she turned 18? Well, it's it's kind of a long story, Candace. Um, but, <laughs> it's okay. It's yeah, okay. <laughs> but she... Um, that could be another episode. <laughs> yeah. But she found out from a, a different source. Okay. And it really hurt her. Mm-hmm. And the long part of it is that her mom didn't want me to tell her. Okay. So so you were being respectful of her mom's yeah. wishes. Okay. And, and so there was also a little piece where she said, I wouldn't allow you to see her if you do tell her. Mm, okay. um, but then when she was 18, there was, there was nothing really holding that back. Mm-hmm. But when she found out it was really hard, um, she found out who her biological father was. And she wanted to have a relationship with him. Uh, let's just say he's not the, the parenting type, even with his other three kids. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, she had to learn a hard lesson. But it was good for us both because she realized, you know, that I'm not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll always be in her life, you know, mm-hmm. biological or not. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and there was like a three-month period where she was not calling me dad. Yeah. You know, and, and it hurt badly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're back to that and things are just as they were before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the beauty of, of also being in a program of AA because I have, I have a lot of high functioning anxiety, mm-hmm. um, that sometimes can get the best of me. Mm-hmm. And as we spoke before about the, um, the problem with our perception on a lot of things mm-hmm. is, is what, hinders us from from growth and hinders us from talking about things right and so that's 
having having anxiety and being able to quell it in a manner of uh, through AA, I've learned to sometimes praying is the best way to just do mental meditation to just because you're you're breathing deeply while you're praying. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's a, a meditative structure in my life. I love that you said that because we both went to St. Cat, so we were rooted in our faith, I believe, right? We went there and, and we had church through our high school. We're in religion classes and faith was just a big part. So I agree with you. Praying, whenever I have a negative thought, the first thing I turn to is either a prayer or I go to my devotional book because it mm-hmm. then recenters me on what why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because I, I didn't realize what anxiety was. I knew it existed. I had empathy towards the topic, but I never thought it applied to me. Like you said, high functioning, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I've dealt with my trauma. I've gone to therapy. I'm good. But it, it doesn't ever really go away. Right. It's always there, but uh, it's just how you, what you do to shift your mindset or to make sure you stay on course. Cause that, that it's hard. Cause I, I'm not going to lie. I can go into a mood change swiftly and it's not pretty sometimes, but I'm badgering with myself. It's like the self destructive, like I'm mad at me for something. Nobody else. It's just me fighting with me. (laughs) And I hate that I do that. Oh, I I know that all too well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So let's get back then. We talked about how you lost your mom, you know, and and your sister, you know, and that how that impacted your life and, you know, kind of growing up, not addressing it and then going, you know, your dad raising you alone and you kind of shifting your perspective. We talked about that. And then you know, you suppress it and you use drugs and or alcohol, I should say. And then you, the shift happened, you know, you're raising Bailey and you're like, this is something I need to do. And then you have that commonality with your dad and your uncle. Uncle seems like he was a great role model for you. He was there for you. And then probably said it's, it's possible you can get sober, right? And then mm-hmm. he was the one that you got that from him and your dad too. And let's talk about then your healing journey. You felt like there was a moment where when you went to the AA meetings, and then I think you said that you have an anniversary coming up. So talk about like that journey of getting all the way, like every year. So were you ever tested, tainted? Because again, walking that path, I don't know what that feels like. Like I'm sitting here in my studio and I'm like, oh my God, John, I have a big bar right sitting right behind you. How appropriate is that? <laughs> right in the back of my mind. But not that I think you're worried about that, but I'm thinking like, oh my goodness. Perception. Right. Perception. <laughs> killing me, right? Yeah. Talk me through just your whole healing journey. Like the moment that you knew and then how it just changed and shifted for you. And I really think that it's got to be celebrated because people don't talk about sobriety. And, and I just think that anyone listening here on my podcast that if you're struggling or you have struggled or you know someone that struggled, it's never too late, I guess, is what I'm trying to get. And and John is a testimony of that. He, eight years sober, your dad, 35. Your uncle, how many years has he been sober? Uh, 16. 16. So yeah. it's possible. So talk about that. I'm just real curious about your whole healing journey process and then even how it goes into the mental health aspect. So as I said, there are bits and pieces throughout my life of little wake-up calls that I didn't heed, mm-hmm. you know, and I just want to say how thankful and blessed that I am to still be here because yeah. I have a lot of friends who have who have not made this journey with me wow. um, and they've passed away and due to drugs, due to suicide. Another so, couple topics people don't talk about, right? And, and so, Suicide, drug abuse. And so all of this ties in because the big thing that I realized in my life is being comfortable in your own skin is really one of the hardest things to do because, you know, when we're kids and we're in our formative years, we're not taught. There's no guidebook that tells you how to become comfortable in your own skin. 
And especially when you deal with trauma, as we've talked about. So through that, you have to relearn life. You have to relearn how to become comfortable in your own skin. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you, it's real hard once you've used alcohol and drugs to suppress your feelings and emotions. And as we spoke about it, one of my good friends, she taught me to realize when I was younger, things that, you know, (laughs) it's so caveman as to put your hand on the stove, fire hot, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. and you take it off, mm-hmm. right? Well, I'm not going to do that again. And as I spoke before that, you know, you, you don't realize that when you, when you go through something that is emotionally traumatizing, that to speak of it and to let it out mm-hmm. actually helps you get to the other side of the healing process. Right. And when you hold things in, there's only two things that can happen. You're going to implode or you're going to explode, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I was an imploder. Mm-hmm. I did not I did not do a lot of things that would cause people to, to say, whoa, boy, that guy really needs help. I suppressed it all. And it wasn't very outwardly apparent. Mm-hmm. Um, so my healing process was relearning how to, to become comfortable. In uh, your own skin. Yep. Yeah. Comfortable in my own skin. Uh, without drugs and alcohol. And the AA handbook has a lot of suggestions. And that's that's what I love about this program. Right. It's it's a lot of suggestions mm-hmm. that give you a new blueprint to live life. Mm-hmm. And they are just suggestions, but a lot of them make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And so one of the suggestions is, like I said, to make amends. But there's 12 steps. And once you go through these 12 steps, you have a better understanding of yourself mm-hmm. and your place in this world. Mm-hmm. And a lot of AA, is a, it's a spiritual program. It's not a religious program. It's a spiritual, spiritual. program. And everybody finds their own center mm-hmm. and their own, their own God, right. so to speak. Right. Good orderly direction, group of drunks. There's so many different acronyms they have for, mm-hmm. for God there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just pick one. Right. And as you stated, you know, we're, we're both Catholics. I've struggled with religion for a long time, and I'm sure I'm sure you have too. I, you're absolutely correct on that. I, <laughs> you know, with well, how how would a God let this happen to me? You know, and that's a very self centered way of looking, right? Because it. it's like you almost want to blame something for yes. what happened, and that's not it, you. No, yeah, <laughs> it's human nature, right? You know, we want to be accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of things, you know, that we that happened to us, we are accountable. Right. We didn't have anything to do with it. Right. It was done to us. Right. But that does not mean that it doesn't affect us and we, we can't heal from it. Right. And I, that's that's our big problem with us as a society. Mm-hmm. We have all these taboo subjects that people just don't want to talk about it. They don't want to um, address. And, you know, I just wanted to point out, though, that, you know, today, in this day and age, I work in a very male-centered environment. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about, you know, Johnny Depp and and people are making jokes about it. See, that's another thing. You know, it it takes a lot of courage for I'm not saying that in that situation that all the details are correct. But what I'm saying as a male dominated society and per, and people who are being abused, males, right? You know, they're viewed as as kind of being a punk and and, uh, and you know discredited. Yes, you know, discredited for for coming out. So why would you? Right. But it takes a lot of strength. And I just want to say, 
I love what you're doing, Candace, because it took a lot of strength for you to do this. Yeah. Um, oh, to John, start this. <laughs> thank you so much. And, oh, and, um, thank you. and that's why I wanted to be a part of this because, you know, for us knowing each other for so long, mm-hmm. and as you said, we've never talked about this. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, the beauty of us having a conversation like this is the power that that had over us mm-hmm. is no longer there. Right. It's no longer there. Right. You know, and that's truly when the healing process starts. Amen. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm glad to to share uh, this. You are hitting so many chords. In me. So let me commend you on acknowledging the male perspective, because one in four women and one in six men will experience sexual assault or some form of abuse, right, in that fashion by the time they're 18. And this month, we're in April recording for this session that will be launched. I'm going to publish your episode in July. That's my goal. But April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. And being a survivor, I was on a panel with all men, a panel with the city of Milwaukee, and they had a panel discussion about male survivors. And on that call, it was, to your point, when men come out, men, where are the resources for men? Where there's women's resources everywhere, or that's more geared towards women. But the men are like, how do we get help? And then when they go to centers such as a women's resource center. And yes, they can help a man just as much because survivor is a survivor, whether you're a male or woman, it doesn't discriminate. They were kind of like, it's more geared towards women. So we need something more for men. And there was a challenge. So again, with the work that I'm doing, whenever someone puts an opportunity out there, one of the gentlemen on the call, virtual call that we had, his name is Neil, and I'm meeting with him Monday to talk about his upcoming podcast. But he challenged the women on that call and said, What can we do to make sure we're putting the voice for the male? And I'm dedicating my season three of this podcast to all male survivors. So thank you for acknowledging the work that I am doing, because it wasn't until when you said talk about healing moment or shifting or the power of change, it wasn't until I published the book that I realized telling my story, it made me think of what I was doing differently, right? I finally know what I want to be when I grow up, an advocate, not just for myself, but for others. And then the podcast, right, to create a safe space to talk about any type of taboo, not just trauma, but anything that people are uncomfortable discussing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just life in general. There's so many things that people are, how do you deal with things sometimes, right, on a day-to-day? And so thank you for acknowledging that. That means the world to me. It means the world that you're even here. I appreciate just all of your honesty and just being so open about what you've experienced. And my heart goes out to you because I can only imagine, you know, carrying that and feeling that, but I'm glad we're here and we have healed and we're going to continue to be great friends (laughs) for many, many years to come. And even just when you talked about the loss of your friends to drugs or to, you know, suicide, again, more topics that, you know, I encourage anyone that's listening, if you're struggling and there is help out there for you and it's never too late to get the help and, You have two prime examples here of individuals that have gotten through it and we're still going through it, you know, because it never really goes away. It's always a a continual healing process. But so let's shift now to the next plug that I want to talk about. So I'm going to plug real quick for my book. So Unspoken, Mm. available at my website, www.candasanchez.com. You can buy a, a copy of my book either through my swag store. I have my own swag store now. You can click shop or you can just purchase the book publication through Amazon as well. Um, that's fine as well. But if you want a signed copy, you have to get it through my swag store. But John, I want to get your uh, thoughts on 
because I know we had some conversation about my book. So question, did you read the book? Yes. Okay. Thank you for reading the book. I wanted to just get your thoughts and what you thought when you were reading it, like what you knew of me in high school to like, man, I didn't realize to, which again, thank you for wanting to be here because it all kind of come together. But I'm just curious about your thoughts. So I'll take a pause and let you answer. (laughs) Well, as you stated, we were friends in high school and more than just casual acquaintances, you know, (laughs) so we have a lot of common friends. Right. Right. So the first time I'm reading the book, my first thought was trying to figure out the characters in the book. You know? <laughs> Some and, of them and, were anonymous, as you probably yeah, figured out, where they yeah. didn't want their names disclosed. Sure. And, and some of them weren't very hard to figure <laughs> out. But one of the things that, that really stood out to me in the book, and again, commonality is, is that people kind of want to make it about them sometimes and kind of feel like they could have healed you, they could have helped you, they could have, they could have done something they could have made things better. And this is no fault of their own. I mean, mm-hmm, that's just mm-hmm. human nature. Mm-hmm. But the, to feel like they were misled, lied to, let you down, or you let them down, that's a hard burden for for both parties to carry. Mm-hmm. You know, and reading the book that um, one of the people that you're talking about is somebody I went to grade school with, and I've known pretty much all my life. Um, mm-hmm. So... Therein lies a lot of a lot of the problems that we have as as a society because everybody wants to try and fix each other, but they don't want to do the hard part. And the hard part is just listening. You right, know? Right. Sometimes you can't you can't fix it. Sometimes you can't you can only just be there and just listen. Mm-hmm. You know? Again, I, I I just circle back to AA as as part of it's such a great program because a lot of times they'll just tell you, just shut up and listen. <laughs> really? That, no, really. That's a really great concept. Just shut just, up and listen, and and maybe and, I should go to this program because sometimes I need to do that better job. Uh, you know what though? <laughs> See, that's uh, you know, all joking aside. Right. I tell I tell Alicia that the beauty of of the A program is we're all evolving, mm-hmm. and we're all it's it's not that you're healed. You're constantly in a state of healing. So right. so when you have a bad day, bad week, bad month, whatever. You go to a meeting and, you know, use it as a sounding board or you just shut up and listen. Right. It gives you, it gives you a sense of, of therapy and it gives, just as this podcast, other people who have some common, common ground or might be going through the same thing that aren't, they're not strong enough or, or they're not in a position where they want to say anything, mm-hmm. but they hear an answer or they hear a, a similar problem and some suggestions that are given in a meeting of, you know, 20 people who are in AA and you get a bunch of suggestions, those are suggestions for them. Those aren't just for the, the person who, who brought out the point. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's part of the healing process for somebody who, who just does not know where to start. Yeah. And, that's, and, you know, that's what I love about, about this book. That's what I love about, you know, the AA program. And just any format where, where people can be, be themselves. And be heard. heard. And yep. be heard, right? Yep. And, and be yeah. heard, be, be listened heard, to. Be listened to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for those comments. And, you know, thank you for reading my book and being a support by doing that. That means the world to me. And so let's talk about where you are 
today because, you know, in my book, I talk about forgiveness. I have forgiven, even though, you know, like I said, I'm 50 years old and I'm still dealing with the trauma. Just take a last night I was at an event and it was like a, a poetry event and there was a lot of people speaking word and it was related around sexual assault and violence. And so I asked if I could be part of the open mic and I ended up speaking and I gave a Cliff Notes version in a poetry format of what transpired from five until I was 15 and then became a mom. And then I stopped. I kind of was very short, sweet. And then it was kind of plug, like go buy the book and read the rest. Right. But I ended up crying and got really emotional. And I'm like, because I was around people that I didn't know that I didn't go to high school with that I weren't, you know, but it was a new community of people in that audience were survivors new could relate. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's just interesting how, like you said, the healing is continual. And so thank you. But I want to talk about full, full circle blessings. The last chapter in my book was, and it's hard to write about your accolades, or I don't want to say it's bragging, but just what I've accomplished and what you've accomplished. I mean, reading your bio, you are a father to Bailey, like point blank, going through that process with her, have that own discovery. She needed to do that. And as a, a daughter, I mean, I'm a daughter and I thought Fred was my dad. And then I find my biological family and I went in it with no expectations because I was afraid that if something didn't work out, but that has been a true blessing. They've opened me up with open arms and I was lucky in that situation. So I feel for Bailey in her experience. But again, I think ultimately she's got the best dad in the world. So that's amazing. So yeah. And then just your full circle blessings. I mean, you are from reading the bio and writing your bio and working with you on the bio. Like when you shared it with me, I'm like, I'm going to get this all ready for you, John. And I'm going to write this up for you and reading it and writing it. I was just so impressed. Like you kept filling your boat with knowledge, right? Going back to school, earning degrees. Like you're a hard worker. I've never was late to work. I've showed up and showed out regardless of what you had been going through. And, and, um, and then just your perspective on relationships, right? You're in a I'm assuming it's healthy and it's it's vibrant. Your your girlfriend, I've seen her, I've met her. Amazing, bubbly and energetic. And like you said, you love that perfect blend of when you find that someone that can compliment you. Like mm -hmm. there's just such beauty in that. And then I love how you ended about the world is evolving and that you're adapting and we should all adapt as humans, right? To be the best versions of ourselves that we can be on a daily basis. So Let's talk about your full circle blessings, and then we'll be wrapping up soon about the whole like resources. I'm all about giving on my podcast people listening, the listeners, resources of what they can do if they're looking for help. So, mm -hmm. so let's talk about your full circle blessings. I think a lot of my blessings are due to seeing the gratitude of the daily, not the huge events, mm -hmm. but the daily blessings that you have and having gratitude towards that because... For a long time, I looked at all the negatives. And it's very true. When you're looking for the negatives, mm -hmm. you're going to find the negatives. Right. When you're looking for the positives, you're going to find the positives. And it's really as simple as that uh, for for a lot of things. And we get so clouded and, and you know, like I said, I, in my anxiety that I can't even see the blessings that are right in front of my face. Mm -hmm. The monumental ones, sure. Right. But the little small ones, like like I said, I've had a lot of friends who have passed away. And it gives me a perspective of, you know, some some days all you can be thankful for is, I got out of bed. Yes. You know, start yes. there. Mm -hmm. Just start there. Mm -hmm. um, and then throughout the day, you, you just just be mindful of a lot of little, little blessings that you get throughout. Celebrating the wins. You know, and you brought up a very good point before is expectations. That's, I think that's where a lot of my 
my shortcomings and my problems in my life were that I always had expectations. And uh, again, AA has taught me that you can't control people, places, and things, mm-hmm. you know? And when you are in an anxious moment, when you have deep anxiety, it's because something's not meeting your expectations, mm-hmm. you know? And your expectations is the key. And a lot of, you know, a lot of, again, AA's principles are based on, it's not going to happen on your schedule. It's going to happen on God's schedule, mm-hmm. you know? His plan. And, yep. And it's his plan and it's on his schedule. And it gives you a lot of power and takes a lot of power away from you to where you have to stress about things, mm-hmm. you know? And I think a, a lot of my healing process came from that, you know, just to look at it from that perspective mm-hmm. and, and how life isn't always about, about me. Mm-hmm. And is and uh, you know, I'm just a, I'm just a, a role player in this game of life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, that's a great way to, to kind of wrap up our podcast episode because it is all about gratitude. And I'm so, again, I'm complete gratitude for you being here and sharing your story and really inspiring somebody else to either go get help or that it's possible. And um, I'm sure your story is going to resonate with a lot of people. So thank you for that. And like I said, um, I like to give resources. So I did some research on just AA in general, local to Wisconsin. So I did my Google search, which I love Google, right? We can all Google and the mm-hmm. web. We didn't have the web back in high school. Thank God we didn't have Facebook either yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or no any kid. social media for that matter. Yeah. But yeah, so anyone that's out there, you know, that's struggling um, with any type of addiction, there is tons of resources if you Google drug abuse. There's a drug abuse hotline, um, but specific to Wisconsin. And all of this will be in my show notes. You know, my listeners, just please know that I'm all about giving you resources because growing up with my uh, trauma, I, I didn't know what resources were available. And now they're like everywhere. And, and so now it's my job to do that, to share these resources. So I looked up specific to Wisconsin, but they had a resource for every state, which I thought you Google this and you'll find your state and where you live. So whoever's listening, no matter what state you are, you can find drug and alcohol rehab centers all over the U.S. of A., which I thought and, was fantastic. And no matter, what no matter where, what country. Yeah. So for Wisconsin specifically, because we are here in Wisconsin, there was an addiction recovery. There's a helpline that you can dial, which is 211. I didn't know they had a special number. Um, you can dial the phone number, which is 833 944 Four six seven three, or you can text your zip code in Wisconsin to eight nine eight two one one, and they'll mm. respond. So I just thought that was really great to plug. That one I didn't know some resources, and I'm really honored and and thank you again, John, for being on my podcast here and um, sharing your story. And you know, please, my my podcast, I release episodes every month. I drop on the twentieth, around the twentieth of every month. That's what I can commit to right now. But the demand has been growing, and so. Again, just thank you for taking the time on a beautiful Saturday afternoon here in Wisconsin. The sun is finally shining. I mean, we've had some ugly weather and dreary weather, depressing weather, but today is a beautiful super Saturday. And so again, thank you for being here. Thank Thank you you all for listening. Make sure you follow my podcast. Find me um, on all my socials. Visit my website, www.candasanchez.com. And please stay tuned and connected to everything and all the work that I'm doing. I really appreciate all your support. Have a great day. Have a great Super Saturday. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation about healing, encouragement, and support. Trust that there is power in speaking your truth and sharing your experience with others because you can have an impact or even save someone's life. 
follow me on Facebook and Instagram to stay engaged in our unspoken conversations with Candace. And if you have been impacted by trauma and need tools to heal, consider purchasing a copy of my book titled Unspoken, available on Amazon. Thanks again. And remember, you're not alone.